I'm Ryan Johnson. I'm Tyler Schmidt. I'm Lou Janu. And this is Car Talk, a podcast about trading cards. We're here to teach you everything you need to know about flipping cards. Whether it's the next breakout rookie, a new Magic the Gathering release on the way, or Pokemon's 25th anniversary, we'll break it all down. So sit back and listen up. Those cards collecting dust in your closet could make you some real cash. Welcome to Card Talk. All right, what's going on, guys? Welcome back to Card Talk. I'm Ryan, joined as always by Tyler and Lou. And on today's episode, we are going to talk about how we are seven days away from the national. We're going to start with what's on your mind, and then we'll get into play of the week, Facebook questions. And I'll ask Lou who is going to hit the most home runs in the second round between a very specific matchup in the home run derby as Lou would expect. But we'll start with what's on your mind. Lou, we'll let you uh we'll let you kick today's show off. What's on your mind? Um I think I'm a little scatterbrained if I'm being honest with you. It's been a wild weekend. I'm thinking about the nat like we've been planning for the national the last 48 hours, Tyler and myself. Um and I'm thinking about fantasy football and like Year after year, we talk about the show on the show about like the position player thing. I've just been scrolling through like player rankings and trying to think about who has opportunities within cards. Do you think it has a chance now, Ryan, or you think it's it's never going to work out? Like a guy like a DeAndre Swift is somebody who was like interesting, newly in top 50 city United States, according to you. So if that's a possibility, you know, something to think about, but I don't know. I've just been thinking a lot about the position players. And as we head into the national football, like where are their opportunities? If there are opportunities outside of your quarterbacks um, and then just getting ready for fantasy football, honestly. <laughs> Ty, what about you? Open was a pretty epic finish yesterday. Rory. Guy just really can't get it done. <laughs> he had it all right there and just burned the edge on a couple putts. Do that one, Cam Smith, Aussie. He made every, literally every putt. Saw a rumor this morning that said he might be considering the live. So then he wakes up and he gets announced he's going to live, which is why, <laughs> like, a Rory win would have just been great. This live thing has a lot of steam. Golf. Professional golf is a real issue on their hands that they're going to have to figure out. It seems like it's gaining a lot of traction very, very quickly. There's just a lot of good players. Like, I think 20% now Stenson and Cam Smith today. So that's two more guys. 22 of the top 100 ranked players in the world play on that tour. And currently, none of those events give you world golf ranking points. Just to, just to be clear, this is the live is big money, work less, just less enjoy life. Guaranteed money to play on it. So pretty much like like what's Cam it. Smith getting? I think it was ninety million was the deal to go play at it. Oh my goodness, are you kidding me? Yeah, and that has nothing to do with performance. That's just for showing up. Just to show up. And then where are they getting all that money? Holy cow! Oil, bro. Holy cow, yeah. 90 million. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Holy cow. Just to show up. Whereas currently, if you fly to a tournament and you miss the cut, first off, you're paying for your flights, unless you have a sponsorship deal where they're paying for all the flights. But the PGA Tour is not taking care of your flights. It's not guaranteed money, even if you play Thursday and Friday on TV and miss the cut. Uh, there's tournaments every weekend. So those wow. are all aspects and factors, yeah. To put some numbers on it real quick, so the rumor is 90, let's assume that's what it's going to be. He got 2.5 for winning the Open. Just for winning the Open, he got 2.5. I think his career earnings, as I can see it right now, is $25 million. So he got $90 million. He tripled so, his career so earnings. So Ty, you'd assume anybody in the top 20, 25, I, I don't know how high it goes. Those guys probably have brand deals. So those guys are probably getting flights, a lot of things paid for. They're making a little bit of money off the course. And then you've got the personalities or a guy, like if Tiger falls outside the top 30, you've got those guys. Mm-hmm. Why wouldn't guys 31 through 100 and beyond take the guaranteed money and go play in this tour? If it's $90 million, that like, yeah, I don't know where Cam Smith... Yeah, because it's just money. Like, uh, the, the, that's the argument, because it's there's no validity to, like, is it professional golf? Is it not professional golf? You can't 
because like I don't know, people grow up, they want to be the best player in the world. You can't become number one. You get no points for playing in those tournaments of the official world golf rankings. Um, it's still unsure to my understanding if the masters are going to let those guys play and like what those qualifications. So there's just not really anything in that regard of like, it's just, it's just show golf versus like professional golf as it currently stands. If that bucket drops, then what happens? Because that like, they're trying to do like lawsuits against world golfing because there is the European tour and that's not the PGA tour. And Didn't someone others. just leave that? Someone left that. A lot of those guys, PGA, whatever, but you play an event on the European tour, there's world golf rankings for that. So it's just going to be a long process. Yeah. And like, right. To be honest, like the money's here today, tomorrow, they could decide they don't care about this anymore. If it's not giving them what they want after their season and then it's over. And then if the PGA doesn't let people back in, their careers are over technically. Like you can get there. Yeah. Yeah. So it's all just the unknown. And there's also a lot of players that care about the legacy and the history and, you know, what it means to be on the PGA Tour and have your PGA Tour card. Like, that's a dream for everyone. So that's why they want to do that. And Sorry, didn't mean but, to completely derail it. I just – Yeah, it's uh, it's money and or, like, legacy. And is there going to be legacy in that tour? And that's what I think everyone's trying to figure out and decide. So that was – I wish Rory had won it for that reason. He's just like obviously the the guy right now, meaning the biggest name in golf. Tiger's kind of on his last leg. He's standing firm with the PGA. For him to have won that tournament would have been good, except we got the other guy winning. He wakes up. He's doing to live. And, like, it's just more of kind of that. Um, But I don't know where it's going to shape out, but they're going to have to figure it out together in some capacity and Rory started to say some of those things uh a Dane is currently in the lead at the Tour de France which I'm pretty excited about we're coming into the last week and the national is on my mind but really on top of all of it what's on my mind is moving apartments which I'm currently doing today and tomorrow and this week and it's you live in the city yeah I do not envy you uh, for what reason? Moving apartments in New York City. I've been there once and it was like beyond yeah, hectic. I couldn't imagine moving in New York City. That sounds awful. Yeah, the whole thing's been miserable. <laughs> I just no, – that doesn't sound fun it. at all. I just want to be over with. Yeah. But it will soon. On my mind, uh, the national. We counted this down at 355 days and we're – seven. I mean we're literally – you know, we're, we're recording a little bit earlier than normal. We were mostly record Tuesdays. It's Monday now. We're about eight days from like saying what's up to each other in person, recording a car talk live on the floor on July, you know, Wednesday, July 27th, talking yep. about scenes from national day one VIP sneak, you know, sneak peek night. Just kind of crazy to believe. Uh, ready for it to be here. I think it's going to be just a week of memories uh just a ton of fun and i cannot wait to do it um yeah just can't wait to be around everybody for an entire week just wheeling and dealing uh i do have some football in my mind i'm kind of like lou i haven't thought much about fantasy football but you know you get back and then you're gonna have the canton hall of fame game for preseason ohio state spring camps uh, starts the sunday monday right after the national uh then it's you know july's the last month until march without football and then we're going to get college football, pro football, F1. I mean, weekends around here in September are going to be electric. Um, so it's just – Premier League. Yeah, yeah, there's that. But, you know, mostly football and F1. Football, but yeah, that too. And then you, know, you get a, to December and you got the World Cup. Yeah. Wild. Can I make a statement real quick? I feel like we're in the – and this is kind of going to be a little bit sad. I think it's a – conglomeration of all the thoughts conversations we have about sports recently i think we're in the final years of like what we consider like classic sports between like live golf and college football changing completely and the nba midseason tournament and like baseball is even changing a little bit 
it's getting very, very weird. And I kind of like you're going to go to Amazon Prime or Apple TV to watch NFL games. Yeah. And And it's going to be on like a Tuesday afternoon. No, no LeBron or no Tom Brady. It's it is a very big sea change happening. Yeah. Yeah. Very big sea change happening across sports. And that's just something for everybody to monitor. Yeah. I would agree. Isn't that crazy, Ty? Like between college, it's all happening Beal at one time. Bradley signed a quarter billion dollar deal. Bradley Beal. Bradley Beal. Yeah. Juan Soto turned down $455 million. <laughs> yeah, he wants the highest, like what, annual average salary? Yeah, but $455 million. Wow. Speaking of baseball, do you guys got a winner for the run derby tonight? So I think you guys are going to rely on me a little bit here for that one. <laughs> I think you a lot of those ones. Just sorry, go. Good. Now, what were you going to say? Albert Pujols is in the home yeah. run derby. Yeah, <laughs> they kind of are just letting them do it. I respect it honestly in a weird way. I hope he goes I, off. That'd be awesome. I feel like we discussed him being retired like two episodes ago. <laughs> <laughs> he like kind of, sort of. I respect it. I'd rather them do it than not. You know, it's like in his home stadium, all that good stuff. So um i think pete alonzo would be your prohibitive favorite he's won two in a row going for the third that would be huge for jason um me personally i hope the winner is julio rodriguez that's what i hope it is yes he's an electric factory like an absolute electric factory he's so cool is he the real deal he's the real deal he hits bombs he's awesome seattle right yeah he's the kind of guy who you want to root for in baseball now you know um, and I think he has a chance to like put on a show for the first time in his career. So that would be interesting. So I would say it's either going to be in terms of who I would want to win. It would be Julio Rodriguez, Alonzo because three in a row. And then I think Soto will be fun because he's just awesome too. Wow. Yeah. That's why I, that's why I want to win is J-Rod. Yeah, for sure. I want Soto. I'm sure by the time you guys hear this on Wednesday, it'll be old news, but that's fine. Um, <laughs> and then Otani's. Going to win back to back MVPs? Yeah, I think it's probably the all time incorrect Flash take on the history of the show. Can I own that as like the worst take on the, in the history of the show? Uh, uh, yeah, Lou, honestly, like, I'm not ready to give that to you yet. Like, Tyler thinks MPJ is like comeback player of the year in 2029. So, like, we just got to see how this plays out. There's a it's lot a little of bit of a left. wait and see, but I feel yeah. pretty confident. Yeah. I feel pretty confident that I got that one wrong. He's awesome. He's just he's de- he's he should win MVP this year, I would think, you know, barring injury or whatever, um, or unless judges has an unconscious second half. But I don't see that happening. Isn't judge on pace hit quite a few bombs, though? Quite a few bombs. Yeah. Yeah. I think it, it comes down to I think it'll come down to like a narrative thing in terms of like if the Yankees are the number one seed in the in the league. It's a tough argument, but Otani's doing things that have never been seen before as discussed. So, like you know, ERA, it's like crazy. You know it's just one of those odd weeks on Car Talk when we're 20 minutes into, you know, I assume at this point we're probably 15 minutes into the episode, and we've talked about mostly golf and baseball. Like it's quiet time. Yeah, it's. I mean, we got the national, so let's let's get into some Facebook questions. Let's. Uh, Jay, Jay mentioned there's quite a few national questions on there, so let's get into that. Let's change the topic. Too much baseball, too much golf to start it off. We gotta, we gotta shift, shift. Let's gears talk about here. basketball. Really hot time for basketball. Right <laughs> All right, Jay. First Facebook question. Uh, this is from Justin Glickson. He says, "If you're the crazy person booking a last second trip to the national, what what are your do's and don'ts? Is it hell bringing slabs or unopened hobby boxes to possibly sell or trade on your flight to or back from the national? Uh, got a sealed case of FOTL." So first off the line, NT football, hoping to move or trade up. Love the show. Can't wait to hear the live national show. Hope to see you guys there. Keep up the grind, boys. Much love. So I think it depends on the type of person you are. If you're just a t- if you're just going to show up to the national, I will say last year I attempted to pack uh, some wax to bring with me, and it just became too like hectic because you have to pay. You definitely have to check the bag that you're going to send all of your wax in. Um Slab is probably the same thing. You need to be careful about how you're packaging all that stuff. Make sure nothing gets damaged. So it's definitely difficult. If you're just the kind of person who's going to show, like, randomly decides they want to go, I'd probably just go slabs. It's safer, I would think. And easier all the way around. 
Yeah, I would say that where there's a will, there's a way, right? If you sure. want to get it done, you can get it done, right? You could mail a box to your hotel. You could check, get an extra bag. Like there's a lot of things you could do if you want to. Do we recommend it? Mm, probably not. But yeah, there's going to be people doing it. It's it's going to be a fun week. So I would say if you can ever get to the national, if it's in the cards, I would uh, I would make it happen. Um, How do you feel about the – First off the line, NTNFL as an asset or chip at the national, you think there will be demand? Yeah, the good premium break like products like that are always in demand for breakers. So if breakers know they can move the good stuff, they want the good stuff. That's why flawless NT FOTL stuff. That's why that stuff historically has done well because uh, breakers can move it and there's demand for it. So. I would imagine, again, you know, if the market's 25 and he wants 50 for it, there's probably not nearly as much demand. So it's got to be price competitive. But yeah, there's there's typically demand for that stuff. Are we anticipating more live breaking than normal? Or do you think that stays where, it was, where it's been? I think we kind of saw that as an opportunity coming into last year's national. Do you think that's growing this year? Or the show's smaller in general, right, Ryan? So it's kind of tough to expand that much. Well, Chicago, to my understanding, is one of the smaller floors. It's by far the tightest. I thought it was, thought it was the other way. No, I don't. Not that I'm aware of. I think Atlantic City's bigger. I think the national, the Chicago one's the, the tightest. Got so it. I would assume that means space is the biggest constraint in Chicago. I would imagine breaking is going to be just like every other year. There's a breaking pavilion at the national because people break twenty four seven. So if you want to get a break, you will have plenty of options in Atlantic City to break. So. Plenty of uh, plenty, plenty of gambling in Atlantic City. Should you so choose. Uh, so, your boy is hitting the blackjack table hard, hard with aggression. <laughs> Michael Martinez says, with all the giveaways and promotions happening at the national, what is the best li- way to capitalize on that? Right, I think you're the most experienced. I'd like to hear your thoughts. I have a position, but uh, I don't know, like the best way to capitalize on it uh the big companies like the online retailers the manufacturers the distributors like those guys are set up they give away a bunch of stuff um but if you're really like trying to get free stuff if that's like i'm not saying that's what his question is but if you're trying to get free stuff like a lot of the a lot of the stuff that happens that's free like there are schedules for it so for instance panini does box wars now that would require admission to that but you can win cool free stuff from that um there are schedules a lot of those companies have you could check schedules and stuff like that um i know a lot of the stuff that happens on the main stage there's giveaways around those things so it just it it's just going to come down to how much you want to schedule around that if that is what you are trying to accomplish winning a bunch of free stuff Hey, I, I respect the hustle. Um, you'd probably want to to schedule around that. That seems like the best way. If that is the question, hey, how can I get as much free stuff in Atlantic City? Be as prepared as possible. Is that VIP package that Panini's doing, is that a new thing? You're talking about the thing Jay texted us about this morning? Yeah. No, so Panini has had a VIP party at the National for a long time. Mm-hmm. The first one I ever went to was in Chicago in Soldier Field yeah. um, in 2015. And they didn't do it last year because of COVID restrictions. So they didn't have it. So this year they brought it back. And uh, that was one of the pass options. There were other pass options through distributors. Um, but yeah, it's a... It'll be Saturday night. They'll announce more as it gets closer. I've gone to four or five of them at this point. They're a blast. Panini does a great job. They bring in athletes to sign. You get some. You get a bunch of gold and silver packs. You get a free white box one hundred and one. Uh, it's it's a good time. Yeah, it's it's a good time, but it's definitely not new. The, the party, I know. I guess more more so. The question was around like that that package, that high price. Point. No, so the that VIP, way. the super VIP package has been around before. I have never purchased one before, so I'm not sure about when they started uh, in terms of the the super VIP. But I know for a fact this is not the first year they've ever run a super VIP. Got it. And do you in know the, like how many they it, they sold out? Sixty-eight thousand dollars price tag. Do you know how many? They were I offering no, that no, public. I have no idea. Got it. Is it like 
20 is it like 100 so jay so says 68k this year used to be 10k apparently so i've in back in the day like this is 2015 2016 before the market was what it was today i bought a pass from like there was multiple like this has changed so much over the years like back in the day you used to be able to go for like fourteen thousand dollars you got like all of these products you got like a case of this a case of this a case of this you got like five or six cases that were like 1500 you know, it was $14,000 in product, and then everything else at the National VIP Party was a bonus. So silver packs, gold packs, et cetera. Then it changed. One year, I was able to go for like 6000 bucks or something, and you didn't get any product, but you got all of the perks of the VIP package, and then it got up a little bit more expensive. It's fluctuated a lot. I mean, for instance, back in the day, a couple years ago, when I purchased my ticket, we got 500 silver packs and 250 gold packs. This year, it's like 100 silver packs and 140 gold packs. So the numbers are down astronomically. You also used to be guaranteed an 8 by 10 autograph of every single athlete in attendance. So the first year I went, it was like Kareem, Bobby Portis, Ricky Williams, Mike Tyson, Nolan Ryan, Pete Rose. And what a wild group that is of people. It was wild. It's it was a blast. It was, I mean, it, cool it was fantastic. Um, but over the years, it's changed a little bit, probably because athletes don't want to sign as much. So you you get like a hodgepodge of them instead of a guaranteed everyone. So it's it's definitely changed a lot, but the market has changed and so has demand, right? Like the first year I ever went, the value was phenomenal. Now everybody wants to go. So it's just a supply and demand thing. They don't want, I, I'm assuming Panini doesn't want 10,000 people going to the VIP party. So it's, you know, as people keep buying them at X price, you raise the price to see, you know, who's, I guess, willing to pay it. I, I would assume that's like a supply and demand thing, but um, that's probably a question better suited for Panini. But this is definitely not the first year they've done it, and it's definitely had cheaper options in the past. Interesting. So, Jay, real quick, Jason said they guaranteed one every one this year from the athlete. Jay, that's the super VIP. That's the one directly from Panini. You could buy non-super VIP options from Blowout. I know Blowout had some, some options available. I've purchased some, I have passes from a distributor that we have a relationship with. So I've purchased passes there. The non-super VIP ones, they're just called VIPs. Those options do not guarantee autographs from every athlete. The only one that does is the super VIP. Just for, if anybody's looking for any clarification. Huh. All right. Mike Mullen says, as this is my first time going, what are some of the events for example, breaks, giveaways, auctions, etc., that go on at the National. The schedule on their website doesn't seem to give too much. Looking to take part in as much as possible as I'll be attending with my nephew for the first two days. Also, what tables will you guys be set up at? Just in case I come across soft pretzels, I need to know where to deliver them. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it in advance. He put hashtag uh, NJ all day. Not sure what that could possibly mean. Let's go, Mike Mullen. Can't possibly imagine. Seems like a nice guy. Yeah. That's my, my guy. Yeah. Um, I think, you know, given that you're going to be there with your nephew, that's a good piece of information. The panini table seems like the place to go for that. I don't know what day they do those kids packs or they do it every day, Rye. Uh, kids breaks typically on Saturday. Kids breaks. Yeah. So okay. a lot so of the Saturday. if you're looking for stuff to do for kids, typically the best day is Saturday. But there's stuff every day. Yeah. I think outside of that, it's just like tell them to bring. <laughs> yeah. You guys should definitely come to our event on Friday night if you're coming, but uh, we'd love to have you there. I think outside of that, it's mostly just like hanging out at the tables. Uh, going to the corporate booth is probably a safe way to figure out what's going on in the morning as early as you can, whether that's blowout, David Adams, Panini tops, whoever. Um, and then just seeing how it goes. It's the trade nights, obviously. Every night there's things going on that you can figure out that aren't like official events, which is why you haven't been able to find them. But Yeah, I would say a lot of the reason you can't find it is because every company has their own schedule, yeah. right? Panini and Blowout don't necessarily sync their schedule together. Um, so Blowout's got different promotions going on. Tops has different things. Leaf, CSG, SGC, PSA, Tops, Beck, like they all have different things going on. So your best bet's to check their booths for schedules. Um, it, there are events that the National helps put on, like autograph signings, different things that you can find through the website. Trade night, Thursday night, that's free. That'll be in ballroom A. I help host that. The national event we're running with Ty Lu, the team over at eBay. That'll be Friday night, Tennessee Beer Hall. More than welcome to do that. There's a lot of stuff going on afterwards. A lot of things will probably be announced on social as well. So if you follow people on social, you can see stuff that way. But there's a, 
yeah, I think a lot of the companies have their own thing. Agree. All right. Evan Schneider says, what type of cards sell the best on whatnot? Is there a certain price range that will get more attention than others? Are people more interested in base cards or parallel rare cards? Uh, the stuff that sells best on whatnot is the stuff that everybody wants. The liquid stuff, the, the stuff you see get asked for at shows, the stuff you see get asked for in card shops on Instagram or Twitter. Uh, that's the stuff that sells the best on whatnot. The things everybody wants. The question would be the same. The answer would be the same for base cards versus rare cards and parallels. The base cards don't sell as well as rare cards. People want the things everybody else is asking for. Not saying the other stuff doesn't sell. It just you're never going to be able to get what you could for the better stuff. No different than a lot of other places to sell cards. The, the theory and thought process is the lot of is a lot of the same. You don't want to set up a show necessarily with all base cards. If you could acquire rare numbered unique cards of Michael Jordan and Tom Brady, you'd probably rather have those than a Kyle Lewis tops flagship PSA 10. One is going to sell better than the other. That's typically what sells the best on whatnot. Is it typically like those auctions do the best there or do they even have like a buy it now function? I honestly don't know. Yeah, no, you can definitely do buy it nows. Um, it just kind of depends on what you're trying to, what you're trying to accomplish. A lot of our thing is uh, we just buy so much. It's, it's a, it's a, uh, volume play a volume play yeah it's you're gonna get crushed on some you're gonna do really well on some a lot of them do about average so it's just a law of averages you're just trying to move as much volume as possible and trying to offer as much selection as possible so we have a single sale i mean this is monday so it'll be tonight it'll have you know f1 baseball basketball football soccer hockey right a little bit of everything just to try to you know appeal to as many people as possible and a lot of even what we talk about on the show, seasonality plays into that. Hot sure. players play into that. Hot products play into that. Um, so I'd imagine you're starting to wind into NFL season. Baseball is obviously happening right now, but it's kind of almost in like the hard dog days of baseball. So it's and we've it's always like, bought we've always bought football. So it's not really much different for us. Like we're not buying baseball when everybody else, like we don't buy a lot of baseball to begin with, but yeah, as football season gets closer and demand continues to trickle up, it just makes it more desirable to buy and purchase football just because when right around this time, when football gets hot, football, it gets hot. It gets, drives the whole thing. Yeah. It drives the thing. It gets going quick. Proper football, right? Correct. All right, Luke Horton, Sheffield. Luke Horton says, long term, do you see the card market normalize with less spikes up and down like the last couple of years? Or do you think there are still more to come? That's a tough question. I think that there is still more to come. And what I would say with that about that is one, I think about information and data a lot. And I think with the amount of information, the amount of product, there's still going to be a ton of arbitrage. And I think that it is perspective and where you look, meaning the macro market is down from where it was on the peak up from pre that whole craziness. But you can look at certain pockets. We talk about F1 a lot. Um, culture is moving faster than ever so i think that there's there's going to i guess where i say more to come is that i think there the market will overall always be volatile high at the end of the day we're talking about high risk assets i think that there's a lot of uncertainty still to come for the next foreseeable future and then i think that the speed of culture and information and data and how that plays into certain like on-demand products or just newer sets. If you'll see whether it's tennis or big three or just these things that happen and, and even IP Marvel movies come out, stranger things, PSGs just came out at $15,000 or that's, you know, the price. Like, I just think that in pockets, it'll always exist. But I think the core market will continue to have some volatility around it on the high-risk assets. That would be my take. I agree. I think one thing about sports cards is the volume of sales is much lower compared – the volume of like 
liquidity is much low. I don't think that's a, a good phrase, but you guys know what I mean. Of like the peaks, and, the pe- like the peaks and valleys. Yeah, the peaks are and valleys are always going to come because there's so much less to move around, especially when you're talking about the higher end stuff. And people hold on to their cards because they love them. They don't want to get rid of them. There's a card that sells one time and then it doesn't sell again for six months. So if you're looking at it in a microwave like that, it could seem like very peaks and valley type of thing. Um, and then, yeah, I just think there's so much like instability in the world right now from an economy standpoint that it's basically impossible to predict. Yeah, I would agree with a lot with what you said, Ty, about like, do I believe the card market has potential to still continue to grow in time? Absolutely. Um, I think as time goes on and supply goes you know, way down, like as Michael Jordan exquisite patch autos sell, do I think, you know, there are going to be stockbrokers in New York that are looking to buy them and put them on their desk and, you know, have them as a piece to show off. Yeah. I think eventually supply on those cards will go, will go down and price will continue to rise on the really, really good stuff. Do I think Luka Doncic PSA 10 prisms are going to go to $1,250, again? No, I don't. I don't think that's coming. I think as the market becomes educated and there's un, you know so much uncertainty in the world right now, like Lou said, it's just there's a lot of other things going on. I would be very surprised if those cards ever get anywhere near where they are. Now, could Fanatics bring in a lot of attention and a lot of eyeballs? Sure. Fanatics has a major investment and they've made a major investment in sports cards. So to, to say Fanatics doesn't want to get a lot more attention on them – I, I would say that's probably not very true. I, I expect Fanatics is going to want to grow the overall market, um, but I still don't see base 10 skyrocketing in the future. I just think there's some cards that will uh, hit a hit a number and that's where they'll stay and they'll move a little bit, but I don't think your LeBron Tops Chrome is going to go up to 100K and I don't think it's going to go down to 300 bucks. So I think it'll... It'll kind of level out and like some good stocks, it'll it'll rotate a little bit and have good days and bad days. But that's what I would say. Yeah, there's just so many variables to all of the like anything relating to sports card prices, like technology with grading, overall heat or non-heat on the market. Guys get hot for whatever reason. Like there's so many variables. It's so hard to predict. Yep. And then just capital, access to capital. Yep. Uh, uh storage digitalization where these companies are looking to put their resources to drive revenue there's a lot of different things i want that french kids rookie though victor wembayama that's the guy i'm going for. all right last question from joaquin he says when buying an item on ebay when buying an item on ebay do you expect to get what's in the picture if there's four cards for instance would you expect to get all four i think it depends on the title yeah, I feel like the title plays a lot to it to me. Yeah, but who who would put four cards in an eBay auction picture? If it Save wasn't time. Four cards. It like if Save you. Time. Yeah, like like let's say you scan six cards and we have a, we have a scanner. We use an Epson five fifty V scanner. It's a nice high quality scanner. Let's say you okay. want to. You can scan soft sleeves. You can scan up to eight. We'd normally do six just to make sure there's no extra room. You can scan three cards on top, three cards on on bottom of each other. You can scan them real quick, and then it scans one picture. It doesn't auto-crop them. So if you scan six, that six picture, you could upload the picture to the front and list it as whatever the card in the bottom right corner is. Tom Brady, 2000, SP Authentic, Rookie. But you wouldn't just crop it do later? That? No, we don't do that. I'm just saying it could be done. Yeah, the person who does that is Feels disingenuous. Lazy. Yeah. More than lazy. Oh, you think it's you think it's intentional. If like you're you th- putting a picture of four cards in an auction, I'm probably assuming I'm getting those four cards. Even if, like, let's say one's a Tom Brady, one's a Randy Moss, one's a uh, Peyton Manning, and one is a Patrick Mahomes. And the title is for whatever the Tom Brady card is, you would assume you're getting all four cards, although the title only states anything about a Tom Brady card. I'll go this way. If, the, if there are images that include cards that are not in the title – Unless the description explicitly states that it is the cards and photos are not all included, my assumption is that what is photographed is part of what you're buying. Yeah. Not the other way around. Meaning, if it says Tom Brady rookie card and there's a there's a, then a, a image and it has Randy Moss and Mario Lemieux, like and then in description it doesn't say anything. My assumption is that you're 
purchasing what are what is pictured that's probably fair i would say the description is the is the place where that is if the description says nothing i'm assuming i'm getting them all if it says something specific that's where i'll be the judge. yeah so i think that that when buying an item on ebay do you expect what's in the picture unless explicitly stated in the description that certain items pictured are not included i think that you should just, that that I, I would default to now he says she's saying i don't know where those guidelines go to because there's definitely like times where you buy something and not everything is explicitly listed in the title but i feel like the description has to clarify that otherwise i would think that what you put in the photo is what you're selling otherwise it's misleading in my opinion if you haven't explicitly stated in the description yeah it's extremely misleading yeah a thousand percent agreed yeah don't do that if you have a but don't do that crop it or something all right let's yeah. get into play of the week Jay says there's a couple of good ones here. This will be the last one pre-national play of the week. Up to you by Ryan. All right. <laughs> All right. This is from Slabs and Kicks. He says, as a fan of F1, I continue to monitor, buy, and sell in the F1 card market. At the end of May, I bought this gold Mick out of 50 with the thought that his bad streak has to end at some point. Got it for a deal. 177 after fees and just sold last Sunday after back-to-back points finishes for 338. That's 300 bucks after fees. Not bad for $123 profit. The same day, I sold this Max Red Refractor PSA 9 for 565 after fees, which I bought an HGA mislabeled slab for 200 bucks. I cracked it, regraded it with PSA for $100 economy. My total investment was 477. Total return was 862. Profited nearly $400. I enjoy watching F1 and making money while doing and watching what I like is the best part. And again, shout out to Lou for bringing F1 into my spotlight and for the knowledge. Cheers, boys. Lou the boy. I think slabs and kicks has been in the mix for quite some time. Yes. And this kind of goes back to my point. Like, I just... Because so much of these are like cultural trading on like culture and results is what why I do think even on the micro there's always going to be like extreme amounts of volatility. It's just the markets are crazy and they have no we are humans are deeply flawed and react to emotion intensely. Mm-hmm. Yes, and it goes from 177 to two points finishes, which is like, you know, at the end of the day, we're not. not, It's it's really like, okay, you you came at the top half of 20 people, you know, like (laughs) it's a funny way to put it. It's two x. Yeah, I mean, if you get a career best sixth, totally. But it's similar to like you know, someone goes down with COVID and a bench player steps in for two weeks goes Jay Lynn on them and all of a sudden $100 cards, $1,000 cards. Yeah, yeah. don't worry. In six weeks, I'm not naive to say that somebody will have a good preseason game and somebody will say how in last February they saw this guy in the gym, bought him, he had a banging preseason game, had like 335 passing yards for the Seahawks and Boom. his stuff's through the moon and we're going to hear about it. Like it's going to happen. So totally. I'm naive for the emotion play. It happens all the time. Well, all the time and – and so I think that that is uh, will will always happen at least within things. If you if you look at the macro of like the sports card market, you know, to me I don't know when it dips under where it was. I, I don't see that occurring. So like maybe there's less volatility in that. But back to the play here, that Mick is beautiful and Haas Haas is beautiful in general. Yeah, the next play, Jay. Come Wait, on. real quick. I just want to say this speaks to like if you are aware of if you could stay above the fray of the emo- human emotion, that is where there's room for for plays where you see a, a max that's mislabeled and bulb. Like being able to stay above the fray is a great way to operate if you're trying to flip cards on a consistent basis. Agreed. All right, this is from Kai's guy. Cards a lot breaks. I was on TikTok live and the person that was running the live was doing card auctions. So I knew I could find a steal. He put up a Josh Giddy PSA 9 auto and I won the auction at 90. 
Cops in the car are about 100. 15 minutes later, he runs the same giddy, but the difference is it's a PSA authentic. That one goes for 120. So then I ask him to show my PSA 9 that I want for 90, and so he does, and I got an offer for 120. Counter 130, and we end up meeting in the middle at 125. Made $35 profit in 15 minutes. (laughs) Information. This this has got to be the first time we've ever done this on TikTok. Volatility. Oh, this is definitely the first TikTok play of the week entry. I love a good TikTok play of the week entry. <laughs> I like uh, the guy's name, your effing dad. Yeah, I'm legit. <laughs> <laughs> That's what is so for those that are not watching, it says the guy's name, the guy's TikTok is your underscore thing. You guys get it. Uh for any kids listening. Uh underscore dad. So yeah, it says your effing dad, and yeah. then it says, "Yeah, I'm legit." That's a comment. It's so crazy. It's funny. I mean, it's a funny story more than anything. Um, but I don't know if I'm feeling. How are you guys feeling about doing auctions on TikTok Live? I feel like I wouldn't feel safe purchasing in that like area. Yeah, I mean, why? Why not? Like you, there's no terms and serv- terms of service for someone <laughs> just says, "Oh yeah, you paid me, you PayPal me ninety bucks. See you later." But isn't that the same with Instagram Live? Yeah, that's why you pay goods. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Actually, sorry, I totally take it back. I completely yeah, I'm not sending this guy seventy five dollars Venmo unprotected. Hey, hey listen, for- I get it. TikTok's just a little <laughs> bit of the next level of like. Yeah, I got confused with TikTok and I and I froze. But it's yeah. I mean, I think it's. It's all the same, but I, I just think it goes to show like even more. I'm just going to keep going back to that question. Like, yeah, you want volatility? There you go. 35 bucks in 15 minutes is hilarious as a car, as a play of the country. And I think it might win. Let's keep going. <laughs> Yesterday on eBay, we talked about this yesterday on eBay. Uh, I think I should get these numbers right. Two Pikachu red cheeks. Yeah. Were they, was it yellow cheek sold? It was red. It was red. 48 and 41. Yep. I believe it was. Two first edition Pikachu PSA 10 red cheeks sold. One was 48, like 4850, something like that, 59 bids. And one was 4100, 43 bids. That's two of the exact same cards with a $700 spread. There's a lot of opportunity in that right there alone. Yep. Yep. And so I will think it will continue. And then you got all these areas happening. And yeah, I think the biggest thing that plays into this tie is just the, the number of outlets to buy cards. TikTok is now apparently a player in buying cards. That means Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, right? Uh, YouTube. Like Snapchat, you could go down the list of places you could buy cards on top of live selling platforms like whatnot, on top of, e- you know, auctions like eBay or Golden or Heritage or PWCC or card shops or card shows. Like there's 40 different places to buy cards anymore. It's like, you know, an eBay auction might do $25, but you go to the, there hasn't been one in six months and you go to a show and you see the 25 bucks, you might be able to get a hundred dollars for it. There's, you know, if there's none there, it's, it's, it's wild right now. There's a lot of different places to buy cards. And I think it leads to a lot of opportunity like that. It's also and a challenge as a seller. Sure. Totally. Cause you're kind of fragmenting your audience no matter where you go or your potential buyer base, no matter where you go. And as amazing as card ladder it has done and, continues to do it's like that josh giddy sale isn't getting input anywhere yeah yeah so sure. that, that was a question about whatnot like are all those sales being like data input somewhere is there info on what those sales what's happening with those price wise etc and as these live stream qvc starts happening more it's like it's not just a ebay world anymore it's not yeah. just a golden auctions or pwcc world anymore you know, not that long ago, well, Gary, what did we say? You literally opened a book that was printed on a monthly basis to get the price of the cards. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting. Now that we're talking about this, I feel like there's like an increasing knowledge gap in cards 
mm-hmm. on a, from a pricing standpoint and like just a selling and all that stuff. You know what I mean? This is where I think being involved in the market, like, and really seeing it on a daily basis leads like knowledge really like, yeah, knowledge is power for sure. It's really interesting. Like that's why I, like I, I, I didn't go to any of the shows this weekend, but I heard Nashville and Dallas were really, really good. And I was interested to hear some of the people's takeaways from the show, because I think that's important, right? Like that's where a lot of deals are happening. There are people going, looking to spend cash, like that you can learn a lot from that kind of stuff. Right. So what we did at the Midwest monster, I, I think those observations are important to succeed in the card market. Anyways, next one. Love the play. I, do, I really do love it. All right. This is from, uh, I know who this is. This is Christian. He says, Klee Card Collector 58. He says, submitting for Why play of the week. Uh, a few months ago, I went to the Dallas Card Show, met a dealer who had, uh, who through some conversation told me he had a Jose Ramirez Dynasty Chief Wahoo Patch Auto out of five. I'd never owned a Wahoo Patch, so I told him to please shoot me a text when he got back home and found it. Well, we did a deal and we closed at 427 shipped. I fully intended on it being PC forever, but I have a rule that all my big PC cards get listed on eBay just in case. Well, after dozens of people calling me names and price bashing me for my $1,200 buy now <laughs> list price, someone bought it outright for $1,200 on eBay. After fees and shipping, I netted $1,049.25 for a profit of $596.83. This goes to show that collecting what you like can pay off and always be willing to sell those PC cards with your bigger picture in mind. True. I think this is one of those times where it can come across like he's saying he was getting attacked for his twelve hundred dollar listing, but like, you know, if that's the number you feel good letting go of a card you really, really want at, just list it. If someone wants to buy it, that's on them. They feel good about it too. You know what I mean? Yep. Bashing somebody for the price is crazy. The last comp doesn't necessarily mean what the last the next one's gonna sell for. Correct. Right. We're not worried about the last one, we're worried about the next one. And you don't know, the buyer may be coming in. They got a birthday party to go to in three days. Mm-hmm. They have a lot of money. Yeah, $1,200 isn't the same to us three as it is to somebody making $800 million chilling in San Francisco. And time is money. And rather than take the time to figure out what this should be properly priced, and instead of 1200 it's 950 you just push a button, forget it, pay the bill, and it shows up in the mail. There are people that are like, hey, Ryan, can you find me this card or find me this card? I'll tell pay me what you to I gotta do wire it. You. Yeah, tell me what I got to wire you. Like yeah. people, like rich people, you know what they can't get more of? Time. You know what they have a lot of? Money. They will trade those two for each other. So $1,200 to somebody making $100 million a year is not that much money. They don't give a beep that the last one sold for $800. They're like, hey, I can't find another one. My kid wants it. We'll see you later. Here's an extra 400 bucks. And that's just a perspective because this individual is coming from a, this was my PC. I didn't care to sell this. I'm not looking to make an ARP on it, but I'm going to put it up at a price and I'd feel good about selling it. Maybe someone comes along and feels that way. If not, we'll keep it and we'll enjoy it. Exactly. Someone wants to blow me out of the water. They could pay it if they want. Everything. You don't want it? Respect. Keep it moving. Yep. Agreed. Too bad you're from Cleveland though. So hold on. This talk to me about this patch what year is this 2021 yeah I think well, this, sneaky. this could be the last time that logo there was in, on a card there you, there you go sneaky yeah i mean that's what know, i was whatever that has its own issues its own set of issues and challenges but like it's iconic in sports yeah apparently so is the what was the mascot we saw last week <laughs> oh Speaking of chicken. iconic, golly. Purdue chicken. Brother, Purdue chicken. <laughs> a good one. Purdue not having chicken as their mascot, being in a Boilermaker feels like a huge miss and feels like NIL deal waiting to happen. <sighs> Are there uh, any more, Jay? Yeah, oh yeah. All uh, right, this is from Justins.gems on IG. Hey guys, I scooped up 2022 UFC Prison Blaster from Target back in early May for 30 bucks. I got lucky and pulled a green Pulsar Khabib out of 25, which is what you're looking for in these boxes. I knew he was getting ducted into the Hall of Fame at the end of June, so I decided to hold on to it until then. It listed the card in a three-day auction, so it ended the night of the ceremony. It sold for 127 so after fees, I made about 90 bucks. Do you guys think I should have listed when pulled or a good move? So I'm typically one that I believe that the card is going to be 
the hottest unless a player is going to like unless he's going to win a flight or a ceremony there those things can't come into play um but i'm typically a newness guy a, a, you know card the products brand new like national treasures basketball comes out wednesday or friday this week um uh, hey let's get this card listed in 24 hours kind of guy people are looking for it i just i can't imagine yo if you could if you could show me the analytics of an ebay search i'm, I'm sure the guys at card ladder could provide something like this i bet if you looked right at national treasures basketball searches for 2021 2022 there will they are not going to go up in time they're only going to go down so the volume of searches would have to be higher the closer you get to release date as time passes and other things come up come come up and other products are released there's no way search volume is higher so in my eyes, I'm a list as soon as I get it, but I don't know when the product released to tell you this. That's that would be my yeah. Only. That's 2021 UFC that came out a long time ago. The one thing I was going to say was that it has the wrong year on it, so that's something to monitor as well. Always make sure you're double checking that stuff. Um, I would also say another piece of this, like letting it go now or now or later. Like when it comes to a, a green pulsar, like you can, I would probably tend to keep that like he did but if it was you know just a non-numbered color card that's something you want to get rid of immediately i would think because like the numbered status obviously plays a piece plays a part of that story too i think i think khabib is legendary all right Jay, next play. how their grades came hmm. all right uh this is from max dot packs says gentlemen i'm a regular listener to the podcast and i've always envied the play of the week winners and i've been spending countless hours in the dollar box about the great local shows in the great state of iowa and finally did it i was shaking when i came across it i offered the gentleman significantly more than a dollar but i was met with a response it's not smart to pay more for a card price at a dollar I'm still in my car shaking $1 and I'm not even sure what this goes for, but a Steve young PSA eight did this. All right. So for those listening, he found a Reggie Miller EX 2000 from 98 skybox. Uh, the credentials out of 52. Um, I am not the nineties graded expert. I'm familiar with this card. I would know, like I would not pass this up if I saw it and, familiar with that but in terms of where this ranks compared to other i know it's not pmg good i'm fully aware of that but outside of that i can't get super in, involved in this but i know i would buy it for one dollar and i'm sure it will sell for a lot of money yeah this is not eligible to win play of the week because they didn't sell anything but um unbelievable fine i'm kind of confused by the interaction to be honest like the guy offers you more than one. The guy who comes back is like, you shouldn't do that. It's like, I don't know. I feel like if it you're seems at a like, table, a, hey, I'm trying to be nice. And you're like, yeah, dude, that's stupid. Don't do that. Yeah, like, no, I'm actually going to take less. Like, it's very confusing. So it's, uh, wasn't, oh, I feel like when this person, we, we did know this person was on the younger side. Yes. I think so. Um, it sounds like Max Pax has listened to a lot of card talk, try to be a good person, and then <laughs> and then the person trying to clown them back like, "Don't be a child," and just like can't. what? <laughs> it's such so, a weird interaction. Now there's a lot of factors. Maybe this shout out to my man Max hated Reggie guy. Miller like I did because he was actually. There's few things I remember about like childhood sports as much as I remember Reggie Miller just burying, cooking you, burying the Knicks. Like, it's almost, I don't think, I don't know. That's maybe why I love Steph so much because like Reggie Miller and Ray Allen were like out of this world good because of how good they can shoot threes. And like, Steph Curry's better than both, right? I mean, it's not even. They're not even comparable. in the same yeah galaxy. It's not even like they. I don't know what where the numbers even sit, but I mean, I feel like Steph Reggie, passed Reggie Reggie this year, right? For total three points made at regular season, I, I think he's like long two, past it. I thought it was like yeah, I thought it was like last year. Maybe it's career three pointers. 
whatever it is. I think he's buried them, and the numbers won't even be remotely in the same planet. But all when time, I see Reggie, I'm always like, yeah, that dude was all time three point. Steph Curry at 3,117. Ray Allen in second place at 2,973. A surprising third place. James Harden. What? 2,593 career three pointers. He's third all time. Yeah, Reggie was that dude. Those jerseys were also kind of fresh. Reggie I Miller's. can't believe that Harden number. I would love for Max Pack to send us an update once he sells this or once yes. they sell this or grade this or whatever, and then it's a proper play of the week submission because right now it's crazy, and I also don't understand. I can't get over the interaction. It's blowing my mind. Were the EX not the, like, reader cards, like the insert? What was that? Insert the only that- EX reader insert I know is from, like, the 2001 Pokemon – what is it? Uh, Wasn't there that, those alternative cards that was that? Were they all only Pokemon? I remember the Pokemon cards where you like they were like part of like the game. Was there no but sport sport card like that? Nothing comes to mind. Maybe that's what I'm thinking. Yeah. This is a big card. I mean, I expect yeah, this to do thousand, two thousand bucks. I mean, it's it's a good it's a good card to find at a dollar. Shout out to many max packs for the dollar box play. I want to know how much he significantly offered more. Was it like five? <laughs> I 10x your offer. <laughs> like, like, hey man, I'll give you a hundred for this. Like, like here's 20. Uh, pass. Times are good, man. Pass. Unreal. Wild. All right. Next play. Is that it? I think that might be it. Yeah, listen, I'm picking the giddy. <laughs> Jay flipped it's the through play him, of the week. It's the coolest thing that happened out of these submissions this week. In the comment with your F and dad in there, just Yeah, that puts the icing on the cake. <laughs> Jay, what else is there? The Chief Wahoo, though, we're not going Chief Wahoo. I mean, that's there's there are a couple good ones here. I'm either Chief Wahoo or NJ all day. Where's NJ all day? The very first one. Very first one, Jay. Skip over that a couple times, Jay. It's the slabs and kicks. It's the Mick, the F1. Yeah. Wait, no, no it's not. not. No, it's not. That's what I'm saying. Like, what? Oh, is it yeah. Facebook? Oh, NJ all day. <laughs> <laughs> Got it. Uh, okay, so it's Mick or Giddy. It's Mick or Giddy. It's Mick or Giddy. It's Mick or Giddy. No, it's Chief Wahoo or Giddy for me. I think we got to give it to Giddy. It's such a funny story. I'm with it. Yeah. I'm fired up. On the live stream. So then I ask him to show my PSA 9, and so he does, and I get an offer. So was that also just like in the comments? So it sounds like he bought a card. Another one runs that's not as good. It's just an authentic one. It sells for more. It does more. So he's like, hey, I got a nine that's better than an authentic. Will you show my card? Well, people in the chat are like, hey, I want that. What will you sell it for? He's like, I do, you know, he's like, I'll give you 120 for that. He's like, no, I do 135. He's like, or 130. He's like, deal. So he makes this money without even touching the card while my man, your and dad's in there saying, yeah, I'm legit. He's probably the buyer. Someone's now, there. if you're, cards a lot <coughs> are you shipping it to the new buyer no you're not touching it you're just saying hey yeah, man no way i'll take sorry, sorry 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 if you're the seller i will tell you when this happens like when people try to do this during live so it is so annoying it's the yeah, worst and thing like, on earth. and you don't get any cut on that like upside? it's not it has nothing to do with cut it's just what happens Especially like on like what not tricky because like when you it's no different than an eBay auction when you buy like let's say you buy this Josh Giddy on eBay and you get a steal on it you buy it for ninety bucks and they do one fifty all day if your friend sees it it's like oh I'll give you that and then you message the buyer be like hey please ship it here instead it's it's like a no that's hey, what I'm saying we've we've got an obligation to complete the transaction in place we're completing that once you get it you figure it out it's yeah it's it's not it's not my thing Jay the the Jay's asking, why would an auto grade nine be worth more than an auto grade authentic? It's not. It's the lack of data. That's the point. 
he got it for a good deal. Someone else came in, didn't see that, paid more for the worst card. I'll be and honest. That reset the market. And I don't think that's it. it. I think somebody's going to see this and assume this card is graded a nine with an auto grade. I don't think they have any idea. Like if I, when I see this, I think this card's a PSA nine. No auto. Is it not a PSA nine? No. If you look at it, it says auto grade. The auto is graded a nine. The card is not graded. Auto grade. Yeah. Wow. I feel like they need to clarify that a little bit better on the slaps, but mm, it's just me. Hold on. Congrats uh, to Cards a lot. I'm pumped. Yeah. I'm so but, pumped. Yeah, Cards a lot with the win. Should have been Chief Wahoo, but Cards a lot with the streaming, I'm like, this is just a lot. I'm, I'm, I'm sending it to the original person and letting them deal with the rest of it. All I hope right. is Cards a lot is from Ohio. Right. The Chief the Chief Wahoo one is a great play. It's money. It's great money. You did your PC, whatever. The story of the TikTok Live makes it the play of the week. Okay. Deal. Thank you. All right, we uh, before we wrap it up here, we've got to do a little play of the week, and then we'll do a little closing thoughts because I want to I want to talk about some stuff. But we got uh, latest launch, not play of the week. Sorry, getting getting uh, ahead of myself. Next couple weeks are going to be big. There's there's no denying this week is really really big. Two of the top five products in basketball and football both released this week. You have 2021 Optic Football. And you have National Treasures Basketball. Top of that, you have Prison Basketball Fast Break. You have Chronicles Football H2. And then Historic Autographs Trivia Set World Cut Series Edition. Yeah, something odd. I probably read that wrong. World Series Cut Signature Edition Baseball. Interesting. Optic. uh, About six weeks before the start of the next season. I just I hope they fix it. That's it. It doesn't matter at this point. I just hope it's fixed for next year. Yeah, me too. The it's, fix it, the reset will be interesting in and of itself because the time like you're gonna have to have two products come out like Yeah. Two years. The like, issue that, is is if you just never get behind, you're never gonna have product during their rookie season. You no, mean like, yeah, like, it's just gonna right be now. like like we're not even done, like we haven't gotten a lot of the we just got prison basketball. The I next season is about to start. When are you going to get? When are you going to get Chad Hol- Chad Holmgren rookies? If it's a year from now, then when does the following? That's what I'm saying. Eventually, it just doesn't get. It doesn't ever get caught up. Or you have to move you know, it up. And one thing I would like, like I don't within six months. The only thing I don't know, and I'm sure lawyers or Panini could answer this question, but if. Fanatics takes over and Panini is a year behind on producing cards. Can they still produce previous year cards with the license they had during that time? Right. So let's say, let's say that Fanatics takes over right now. Panini was able to make cards for Evan Mobley, Cade Cunningham, and those guys. Can they still produce it? My early thought is no, because if you would say yes, you would be able to say, well, they'll just go back and make more Zion cards. They'll just go back and make more Trevor Lawrence cards. Like that seems like the obvious answer. So I would assume no, but I would, because if, if the answer is yes, there's no real incentive for them to speed it up if they can continue to produce it. But if the answer is no, then it's like, okay, well, they're not, they're definitely not doing it intentionally. They, they would want to get it out. So I would be curious to know. I would guess it's broken out by year. So as long as you're releasing a 2021 product for the, and it's, you know, first, whatever they have their parameters of that. It's fine. I would think. Hmm. Yeah. Just interesting debacle. Or they could just combine them. Like, didn't they do that in 2012? Isn't there a couple guys who were like, it was yeah, those first... are, there was a strike. It's kind of similar. It's not the same, but like that type of thing. You know what I mean? Like, if they're really that far behind, they could just combine two years. I want a giddy purple or a giddy. Did you just orange. move on from Devin Booker purple or? Actually, it's actually getting into a nice price range, I think. For purchasing. Yeah. Interesting. All right. Any uh, any final thoughts? Considering the next time we do card talk, mm-hmm. we'll be live in Atlantic City. Jay, just real quick, do I need to bring my mic? I think you should bring your mic. 
Just I'll off. be bringing my mic. Let the record reflect. Please bring your mic, right? I will bring my mic. I promise. I'll have I my just, mic. I was just waiting for Jay to say, Ty, Lou, don't bring yours. <laughs> right, right. I have two. I need a third. If any of you want to bring your mic down. No, everyone just bring your own mic. Period. Uh, yeah. Everyone just, bring your mic. No confusion. Yep. I will. I promise. No confusion. Yeah. I mean, what if we have like a play of the week or play of the show, play of the day at the show? What play if we get the, the guy that makes the announcements, like the 13 minutes and 16 seconds left? Like, what if he comes? We need extra mics. I just, I completely agree. Yeah. We definitely need play of the day and Lou, the announcement guy. Loop, uh, rapid fire. Will you and Cruz make a trade? No. I decided I'm turning heel on Cruz, actually. Yeah, I'll never, I'll never hang out with Cruz again. That's probably not true, but I'm going to say that. Going Cruz, come hang. Yeah, we're going to have to like fight a little bit. Uh, I'm last? ready to get into some fights there. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> we'll see everyone at the show. If you're coming to the National, please come Friday night. Um, it's going to be Tennessee awesome. Beer Hall. Tennessee Beer Hall on Friday yep. night. But We'll be live. We have some panels. We'll be chatting. Give couple some panels, stuff. couple picks, couple giveaways. PJ's exclusive cards, 300 of them. Yep. The ones that came out last year were really good. The Chicago ones, like the Kanye one was sick. Yeah. I'm pretty excited to meet some friends and then decide we're going to play blackjack together after doing some card deals and just like have some real. Do you think there'll be card talk live from the casino? There should be card talk live from the blackjack table. Uh, can I make a request? What if we did like a 3 a.m. blackjack and, table card talk live? <laughs> and we like our night energy. <laughs> when there's no one else there, it's just us. Just like preparing for the day tomorrow. <laughs> oh, so it's like we're going to go to bed at like, like 1130. You just get four hours just straight Red Bull and start the day off. Start the day off with a trip to the blackjack table. I was thinking the opposite. I was thinking oh, we stay, like, up. stay up. Yeah, but I mean, but it's for the content. Right, we need you there. Yeah, black, black and eggs. That's yeah. a good idea. We could do black and eggs. <laughs> We're not going to do that, but it would be funny if we did. I might do that. Looking forward to meeting everybody. We'll see you guys in seven days in Atlantic City. Can't wait. Peace, guys. That's a wrap on Card Talk this week. Please subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever else you listen and get notified when we publish a new episode. It'd mean the world to us if you gave us a five-star rating and shared this episode with a friend. We'd love to answer your questions, so email us at cardtalkpod at gmail.com and we'll get to it in the next episode. Card Talk is a 1.37 p.m. podcast and a Gallery Media Group original production.